Chapter 5 The World Went White Where are you? Kyla sent as she leapt across a narrow alley. On a roof. Stay there. Kyla dodged around a chimney and chanced to look over her shoulder. She didn't see anyone behind her, but the sense of being chased slithered up and down her spine. She didn't know how much of that feeling came from Nax and how much was her own instinct. She angled across a row of homes with gritty ceramic tile roofs. The curved tops of the tiles made the footing tricky. Good. Maybe that would slow her pursuer, whoever it was. A twist in the street of sorrows approached straight ahead. Much too broad to jump. She'd have to drop to the street. Only two places to do that in this area. The first was a stack of wooden crates next to the Harvin Inn. The other required her to jump to a lamppost. Getting closer, Nax sent. Putting on all the speed she could muster, Kyla sent to Nax, Meet me on top of the Cherry Bottom Inn. Nax didn't have much sense of distance or direction, but she could unerringly find places she'd been before. Kyla's feet hit the tavern roof. The chasm of the Street of Sorrows opened before her. The lamppost stood five paces away. She did not slow. Leaping into open air, she reached for the post. Her hands gripped the rough iron. Her momentum swung her in a full circle around it. At the end of the turn, she let go. She tucked into a ball, rotated, and extended her legs to land feet first on the street. Breath heaving, she ran straight across the street toward an alleyway. Her vision shuddered in blurry flashes. She lost her balance and pitched forward. Instinct took over, sending her arms flailing and feet stumbling as she fought for balance. The world shifted utterly. Her vision switched to a perspective outside of herself. Impossibly, she was looking down at the Street of Sorrows from a rooftop. She saw herself, tiny in the distance. The cat sight. She was seeing through Nax's eyes. She fell. Her palms flamed as they scraped across the paving stones. Her stomach heaved as dizziness spun her head. The vision didn't move, making her disorientation absolute. Get up, Nax sent. Kyla felt the paving stones beneath her. The coppery taste of blood stained her tongue. In her vision, she was lying face down on the street, arms stretched in front of her. She curled into a ball, tried not to cry out from the pain in her palms and knees. She rolled onto her back. Still, her vision was tied to Nax's. She retched. They come! Get up! Nax urged. Kyla struggled to gather her breath. She had only experienced the cat sight a couple of times before, and never for more than a few seconds. She tried to relax, to let her mind accept what she was seeing. Get up, Kyla! She started to, but fell as Nax turned her eyes away from Kyla. The vision swung wildly before her. Her mind fought to make sense of it. A figure in black sunk along the rooftops, moving parallel to the Street of Sorrows, a shadow moving among shadows. The figure's posture showed they were looking for a way down from the roof. Kyla, get up! I can't see! You're sending the cat sight! Oh! Kyla's vision snapped back to her own eyes. She rolled to her feet, gasping as her wounds flared from the movement. The skin on her palms and knees screamed as if slashed with a dull blade. Hissing through her teeth, she glanced to the rooftops. The figure wasn't there. Stifling her groans, Kyla stumbled across the Street of Sorrows and into an alley. It was narrow and smelled of spoiled food and dumped chamber pots. She knew one thing for sure. Her pursuer didn't know the roofway as well as she did, else they would have gotten to her while she was on the ground. 
They must have been following her for a while, perhaps from the bell tower. She must have drawn their attention coming down from the tower. But this wasn't a guard of the watch following her, not while wearing all black, not without breastplate and a big sword on the hip. Another thief, then. But why chase Kyla? Kyla's hands were in no shape to climb. The knees of her pants were torn ragged. Blood trickled down her shins. She brushed the back of her hand against her lip. Blood there, too. She licked it away. One of her front teeth wobbled a bit. If she lost a tooth because some kill-licking thief had chased her off the roofway, she would hunt them down and return the favor. She didn't think much of her own appearance, but she was proud of her teeth. She continued along the lane, working her way downhill toward the city wall and the cheeps. If she could get into Cheapsgate, she'd be able to hide. One problem with that. How would Nax get through? The cat didn't dare pass through the gate. One of the guards would scoop her up for the bounty. Failing that, he'd send flickbow bolts into her pelt. The only other way out was through the sewers, but Nax couldn't lift the grate at the bottom of Cherry Hill. Nax, can you still hear me? Yes, the reply was thin in Kyla's mind. Get one of the boys to come to the grate and let you in. No, they are coming to help you. Are they inside the city? Yes. Instinct spun Kyla. She caught a blur of black flying at her. Something silvery gleamed inside of it. She dropped to the pavement. A wisp of air ruffled her hair as someone passed over her. Kyla sprang up and backpedaled. The assailant turned with a sharp jerk and crouched in a fighting stance. The face was feminine, angular jaw, fine brows, dark gaze. Kyla drew cane from its sheath. Her shredded palm complained, but Kyla kept her grip firm. The woman was older than Kyla, considerably. An edge of gray hair peeped from her black hood. The woman's posture spoke of pure aggression. She was, quite simply, fury with black eyes. You will come with me, the woman said. Her voice was low, commanding, and strangely accented. Every syllable stretched. Even Grissensiders, who spoke archly and precisely, didn't abuse consonant quite as fiercely. Why would I go with you, dearie? Kyla said, instinctively falling into cheap speak. You tried to slice me with your blade. The woman's lips curled. A smile or snarl, Kyla couldn't tell. If I meant to slice you, I would have. She flipped her blade, caught it in a reverse grip, and slipped it into a sheath tucked at the small of her back. Kyla did not relax her own fighting crouch. So you would kick me instead of slice me? That hardly makes us friends. No. The woman took one short step toward Kyla. She dragged out her words as if she were pronouncing the laws of kill himself. I shall be honest with you, Kyla sighed. I mean to beat you into submission. You cannot defeat me, even with your stolen blade. Kyla didn't know what to object to first, the threat or the use of her full name, or the accusation that her blade was stolen. Who told you my name, old lady? This brought a smile to the woman's eyes. Kyla had to admit, her face, what she could see of it, was quite beautiful. Even though the lane lay in darkness, a glimmer caught the woman's eyes. You are well known to the watch. That was true, unfortunately. It struck Kyla as odd that the watch would employ a person like this. 
For one, they were mostly led by men, and two, they hated bounty hunters. And that's what this woman had to be. Come at me then, Kyla said. I'll give you a stab or two before you settle me. Nax's voice broke into Kyla's mind. We are coming. Hurry. The thrill of the zing washed over Kyla like a bucket of cold water. The pain in her hands, knees, and lip reached a crescendo, and yet there was a distance to it. More pain, but more bearable. Odd. The woman wore black shoes, like slippers. Kyla heard the soft scuff as the soles pressed onto the paving stones. Kyla's own heartbeat thundered in her ears. The rasp of her breath brought her attention to her uncontrolled panting. She took control of her breath. Just because the woman threatened to beat her unconscious didn't mean she was capable of doing so. Still, the woman moved with the confident fluidity of one well-practiced in the ways of violence. Kyla's father had moved that way, too. Kyla waited for the attack, determined to make the woman pay with blood for every blow she received. A flurry of black came at her. Kyla thrust Cain at it. Her body jerked forward, thrown by the assailant as easily as Kyla could toss a rag doll. Kyla's momentum thrust her into a brick wall. Her acute hearing warned her of approaching footsteps, then silence. Kyla rolled. Her attacker struck the wall where Kyla had been a moment before. Cain flashed out, meeting nothing but air. The woman was good. Kyla preferred fighting men who were out too late, weakened by liquor and the late hour. They fought stupidly, and her speed always overmastered their strength. Kyla never sought to win such fights, but merely to escape, hopefully with a fat purse in her hands. She'd happily settle for escaping this one with her life. The woman was gone. Kyla scanned the lane. The skin-prickling sensation of eyes upon her made Kyla spin. She checked the rooftops. Nothing. What is your name, old lady? She called. The answer came as a flurry of fists. One caught Kyla in the gut, folding her over. The next slammed her side. A spear of agony ripped a cry from Kyla's lips. Something in her abdomen convulsed. A third blow knocked her chin to the side. Her body followed, spinning to the ground. Arms twined around Kyla's, then levered her off her feet. The stone street pounded into her ribs and cheek. She found herself pinned and immobilized by her attacker's legs. A face pressed close to Kyla's, the breath hot and spicy. Submit, child. Kyla still held Kane, despite the abrasions on her palms screaming for her to let go. But the blade had been her father's, the only thing of his she had left. She bent her wrist all around, seeking with the tip of the blade. She scraped her own forearm, drawing a hairline of blood. Desperate, she jerked the blade around. It caught nothing. Her attacker had accounted even for the limited range of Kyla's weapon. Kyla locked eyes with the hateful woman. The look Kyla found there was vague and unfocused. The woman's lips parted, writhing as if she was fighting with herself. The more Kyla strained against the woman's hold, the more tightly she squeezed. The agony of Kyla's wounds now gave way to new pain as her arms were pulled farther behind her back. The woman twisted one of Kyla's arms, sending shredding agony through Kyla's shoulder. Still, she held the attacker's gaze. Defiance was at the core of Kyla's heart, and it always came out in times of great danger. Something was off about the woman's eyes as if she were no longer at home inside her skull. Who are you? Kyla rasped. The woman's eyes rolled up, exposing only white orbs. 
Kyla's sigh. I have been looking for you. The accent was gone. The voice was smooth. Submit to my servant. It would be a shame if she injured you irreparably. Drop your weapon. Cease your resistance. Allow your hands to be bound. My servant will bring you to me. Kyla realized her attacker was not speaking for herself. Someone or something was speaking through her. Skin flashing cold with fear, Kyla thrust her face toward her attacker. Her teeth sank into the flesh around the woman's right eyebrow. The effect was instant. Kyla's arm was jerked up farther. Something popped in her shoulder. The world went white. Kyla's scream rose to the sky, startling a roosting pigeon into panicked flight from a nearby rooftop. An answering cry rose, too. The furious mule of a cat. Nax! Coming! Thumping noises sounded from down the lane, of someone leaping from a rooftop to the paving stones. A boy's voice. Let her go, you kill-lickin' whore, son! The pressure on Kyla's body released. Her head thunked onto the ground. The fluttering sound of loose clothing receded into the noise of heavy breathing. Hands grasped Kyla. Her injured shoulder flared again. She cried out. Sorry, love, said Fallow. You don't look well. Never thought I'd like to look upon your face, she said. But it's most welcome. Fallow was her age. He looked like a villain from a mummer's skit. His one continuous eyebrow hung over both eyes like a black caterpillar's pelt. A scraggle of whiskers sprouted from his chin and waved aimlessly in the air. He helped her up. She had to support her injured arm to keep it from sending lances of fire through her shoulder. Nax appeared and leapt to her good shoulder. Kyla raised a hand to scratch the cat between her ears. Thanks for bringing the brigade, Naxie. Max answered with a mule and nudge of her snout against Kyla's ear. Henley ran toward them from up the lane. Red hair floofed from beneath the edges of his black-knit cap. She's gone. Disappeared. She probably took the roofway, Kyla said. Coughing sounded from the other direction. Wen jogged into view, holding a rag to his mouth. He stopped and wheezed. You're still living, sister? His ornery cat Ollie crept next to him, mushed face looking dour and disapproving, creamy fur bristling. Wen never used the word sister unless he was angry or worried. Kyla guessed he was a little of both right now. He'd told her not to come to Terracide alone. She's wounded, Fallow said. I can see that. Wen straightened and eyed Kyla's injuries. Fenta's song is not too far. Can you walk? Henley took the lead, and Fallow fell back into position as the rear guard. An upwelling of warmth toward both boys brought an ache to Kyla's throat. Not long ago, these scamps had been her enemies. But then they'd bonded to the cats, and somehow that had made them family. Kyla checked the rooftops as they stumbled down the lane. She didn't spot any of the boys' cats, and that was as it should be. Next, you should go up top. She sensed the resistance through the bond, but cats possessed a strong sense of self-preservation. Bond or no. Nax jumped down, her slim gray form whisked into the shadows like a puff of smoke. Soon, Kyla sensed the animal on the rooftops, pacing her as they continued downslope toward Finta's shop.